0: language vulgaris find out what i mean on this episode of pushback concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello everyone. I'm Dr. Johnny and this is another episode of Pushback. You know, it has been well proven that doctors can only learn while sitting on a beach in a beautiful tropical climate. It's been proven you know, I'm all about research and getting my facts right and things like that. Well, it's been proven. And so we're actually getting on a plane tomorrow and flying to Cancun in the middle of February. So I know you're not going to feel sorry for me, um, but we're getting geared up and getting packed for that. Um, but I want to make sure to get this podcast in before we leave. So next time you see me, I might have a little bit of a tan, hopefully not a burn. That's certainly the goal. And I actually did a podcast on sunscreen and burning. You might want to go back and look at that and maybe I should review that before I head down to the <clears throat> uh, Mexican area. So uh, I appreciate you tuning in uh, for this podcast. I'm continuing with a series, as you probably are aware, um, sort of entitled Our Culture is Killing Our Kids. And um, I think it's important. Uh, obviously very important, that we try to connect with the world. And I'm hoping, I'm feeling like that connection piece is our children. All of us want our children to do well, to prosper, to have purpose. Um, And the culture today actually is not propagating any of that. In fact, it's a culture of death. And I know that sounds big and dark and gloomy. Um, However, I think it's important that we understand what's at stake there is an urgency here over our children's lives, and the culture is slowly wearing us out and wanting us to just turn the other way and let it roll over us. But that's not why we're here on this earth, and that's not the purpose of this podcast. This podcast is entitled Pushback, because there's things in our culture that we are concerned about, that we don't feel like is in the best interest of our culture, our people, and especially our children. So because of that, we need to be aware. We need to have language for this. We need to take charge of our own homes and put loving boundaries around our children so that they are protected, safe, that they can grow, and they can thrive, and they can have purpose. That's why we're here. That's why they are dependent on us. That's why they need us to parent them. This podcast is entitled Language Vulgaris. Sounds kind of like a Latin lesson and it will be just a little bit and I I will get to this. I've, I've spoken on this topic before, but again, I'm framing this towards our children because I believe it is so important. I think that this is an interesting topic because I don't believe it's ever really talked about and yet it's rampant in our culture and I don't think people realize that there is a connection or a danger involved with the way that we speak and the way that we handle ourselves in culture, and again, the Father, I believe, has given us boundaries. Have given us an understanding of the appropriate way to speak and to speak to each other. My son just had an interview with his football coach, um, moving on to the college ranks of football, and um, and just a wonderful man that we uh, learned and learned about and got to meet. And he said something I thought was very interesting because you know he he gave us a long message on. That this is more than just football, this is about raising good people and and that he takes that as a personal responsibility of his as a coach to guide and direct behavior of his children, of his students, of his athletes um, and that he cares about their heart, not only just their performance on the football field. In fact, if they don't comply with some of the things and you want, I want to call them rules that he lays down, they don't get to play at all because he knows that their character is the most important piece. But he said something, he goes, children or the kids today coming into the program feel like they can behave or speak any way they want to. And he goes, I let them know that that is not the case <laughs> when he is their coach. And I thought that was interesting because yes, we can focus on behavior, but how often do we focus on what is coming out of our mouths, the way that we speak, not only to each other, but into the atmosphere and into our own lives. The words that come out of our mouth are so important, and our culture today has gone rampant with vulgarity and um, what we call explicit language. In fact, when I do this podcast, we have to declare: Is there any explicit language? What does that mean? We all know what it means. It means swear words, curse words. It's the the words that that come out of our mouth that could be quote unquote offensive. So what's the big deal? Well, if you look at the culture, most would say it isn't a big deal. And parents are not only allowing their children uh, to speak any the way they want to, they're actually modeling it for them, which is very concerning to me because I believe that it matters and I believe that it matters critically to their sense of worth and their position of influence in this world. So hopefully I've gotten your attention with that. It's, it's a big deal, the way that we speak. It's interesting how, since we're talking about language and we're talking about words, I really want to break them down into what they mean because I think it's super important that we know exactly what we're talking about. There's something called cursing, and it's in the category of using the Lord's name in vain. Now, using the Lord's name in vain is one of the Ten Commandments. And so when we curse, when we use the Lord's name in vain, it's clearly a boundary. That's a boundary that was placed from the very beginning in the Old Testament, and of course, the word cursing also means all other four-letter words that we are familiar with. It's interesting, the word profane, the Latin root is profanus, meaning unholy. It means unholy, and that's where it all started. If you take the Lord's name in vain, you've profaned him and probably made your mother pretty angry too or your grandma. <laughs> I chuckle, and yet why would we feel comfortable saying some of those words in some environments but not in front of mom or grandma why is that it's because there's something inside of us that realizes that it's unholy maybe moms and grandmas are the best connection to holiness in this world so it's profane the definition is relating or devoted to that which is not sacred or biblical It's secular rather than religious. So when you operate in profanity, you are operating outside of biblical constraints and boundaries. It's not sacred. And you are engaging in a secular practice. So that should get our attention. Now, some people may say, well, that's maybe not a big deal or not, you know, the unforgivable sin. And it isn't. But why does it matter? Why does it matter? Why is it important? Well, let's break this down just a little bit more. The definition of the word swear is to make a solemn statement or promise undertaking to do something or affirming that something is the case. Or to use offensive language, especially as an expression of anger. The word curse, definition, a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. The word solemn means serious. So it's a very serious utterance, actually tapping into the supernatural. It's an offensive word or phrase used to express anger or annoyance. It's interesting today because I believe that the world today is justifying cursing, swearing as a simple emotion, a way to emote yourself. Swearing is generally understood as a strong emotional use to carry out such acts of anger or displeasure. Swearing, interestingly, in response to pain may activate the amygdala, which in turn triggers a fight or fight response. It then leads to a surge of adrenaline, a natural form of pain relief. Do we feel a little better when we curse and when we swear, when we get angry, when we release something from our insides. Well, it's interesting because we live in such a feeling culture. You've heard me mention this a millions of times on this podcast, that feelings are the most important thing. So if we can engage in something like cursing or swearing, then maybe we feel a little better. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? But see, here's the most important point is that true character is actually revealed under stress and anger. There's so many people that excuse their behavior, what comes out of their mouth, as under they're under stress or anger or emotion of a moment. But I would argue that that's actually your true self. When the guards are taken down, when the platitudes and the stage makeup is removed, and the real you, which comes out, with our amygdala <laughs> in stressful moments and there's no guard or stopper, then we get to see the real you. And those are those moments when true character is actually revealed. We just watched the Super Bowl this last weekend and if you watched it, then you probably had noticed the, if you want to call it, altercation of Travis Kelsey with his coach, Andy Reid on the sidelines. It was very eye-opening. He ran up to his coach in rage, bumped him, almost knocked him over, and then proceeded to berate him in front of a national audience. Now, I know it's going to be excused probably by the coach, by the player, by their fans, that this is just a man emoting himself with a lot of expression and he's so into the game and he's so connected that this is what comes out. No, I would tell you that what we saw on the sideline is Travis Kelsey's true character. I know that's harsh. I'm not his judge. I'm not here to berate him personally. I don't know him, but in that moment when all the guards are down, even though he knew cameras were running, it didn't matter. You got to see his true self. At which point I would say Taylor Swift, beware (laughs) Because marriage has these moments as well, as well as relationships. And when Travis Kelsey gets ruffled or doesn't get his way, this is what you can expect to see, his true self. It's interesting because liberal online influencers are actually encouraging swearing. If you actually look into it or dig into it, which I have, they even encourage it in front of their children because they are describing it as being real and being transparent But actually, they don't want personal accountability. They are unable to control their own anger and emotion. And so they're looking for someone to tell us it's okay and not serious. You've heard me talk so often about common versus normal. As something becomes more common in culture, we have a temptation to call it normal. But when we understand the language that we speak and the way that we interact with each other, if we interact with four-letter words and cursing, and vulgarity then the culture will say well that's just the normal way of talking it isn't normal it is abnormal in fact i love i've done this before connecting with some of the secular talking points because i always believe if they see danger in what's happening in the culture then it's easy to extrapolate that into the kingdom lifestyle.com says that when we curse it hinders communication there are Number two, there are better ways to express yourself. Three, it makes people defensive. (laughs) Number four, it limits vocabulary. We're going to talk more about that. Number five, it's not very classy. We'll talk more about that. Number six, inappropriate for work or school. And number seven, inappropriate in front of children. So why is it inappropriate at work or school or in front of children? It's because we know that there's something connected to it that is unholy, not professional unsophisticated. Proverbs 22, 9, they will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. That's the NIV. New King James, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. New Living Translation, they will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. The word vulgar is actually the word common. In the medical world, you can get acne vulgaris. You have a bad complexion, but it's just acne vulgaris. It's acne in the common form. It's just common acne. Acne vulgaris. And so the word vulgar is actually the word common. It's standing before ordinary people, unknown men. It means, the definition means lacking sophistication and And unrefined. So I looked up the word sophistication, interestingly. It means having or showing a lot of experience and knowledge about the world and culture. There's that word. This whole podcast is about culture. So do you think it matters the way that you speak? It matters that you don't speak commonly, you don't speak with vulgarity, because that's way common people speak. That's the way ordinary people speak. It lacks sophistication. It shows that you have no real knowledge of the world or culture. Those who are sophisticated understand that the way that we speak actually affects culture. It actually affects the knowledge of the world. And you are shown, you show people by the way that you speak with respect and with kind words and without commonality that you actually show that you are uncommon, that you are exceptional and that you actually have influence and knowledge of this world. It's a big deal, and it should be a big deal for our children. See, a lot of times we compromise ourselves, even in the church. We've seen it like with youth pastors, and, and, and if I speak kind of like the world speaks or the way the kids speak, then that makes me more, more relevant to them, and it makes me more real. Well, my friends, our children today are exposed to enough real (laughs) of this world, and they are actually looking to their parents and to their youth pastors and to their pastors in their church to actually be uncommon, to be set apart, to show them that there is a better and a superior way. They don't need you to be real. (laughs) They don't need you to be common. They need you to be uncommon and exceptional, and they need you to show it to them that they can be as well. The Bible is clear about this. Colossians three eight, But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. That's quite a list. And in that is filthy language. Ephesians 4.29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who who listen Ephesians 5 4 nor should there be obscenity foolish talk or coarse joking which out of place which are out of place but rather thanksgiving James 1 26 those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless James three ten. out of the mouth Come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Psalm 141.3, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Proverbs 4.24, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Proverbs 21.23, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Luke 6.45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So is your heart full of vulgarity and profanity and anger and calamity and cursing? Then this is what's going to come out. And if you see that in your children, if they are being if they are being sequestered by our culture, which allows them to speak any way they wish, like our Elijah's football coach said. They feel like they can speak any way they want to. Then there is something broken in their heart and it allow and it, it, it calls for parents to put boundaries around them to protect them. That's what this football coach is doing is saying, no, you don't get to speak any way you want because I love you and I care for you. I'm going to put a boundary around you because I see you as exceptional. I see you as someone that is not going to stand before ordinary, common, vulgar men, but before kings. And those who stand before kings are the ones who bring influence and and a a royalty culture to our world and society. That's what the Father's calling us to be, and that's what he's calling our children to be. And we need to stand firm. It's interesting. Nobody looks at their five-year-old and says, man, I wish that they were swearing and cursing what about your 15-year-old or your 18-year-old or your 21-year-old? <laughs> Does it all of a sudden become not vulgar? No, it becomes more common, which is even more vulgar. And it takes away their influence and position in the world. I believe it's actually that important. We watched the all-star football game, the Pro Bowl, and they now they do flag football, which I thought was a little bit more entertaining, I guess. But they have all the players mic'd up playing this game. The problem is is they had to bleep it all out so half of the dialogue that was supposed to be taking place wasn't allowed to be aired because these football players simply cannot play without being vulgar. And it takes away any sort of influence or realm that they might have and they have a platform that's been given to them. But they simply can't turn it off. They can't control it because it has become such part of their commonality. Let's not th- let that be the case for our children. Let our children stand out. Let them. I've I've loved this expression. Let them live a life that requires an explanation. If if people are apologizing in front of you when they curse, then you know you've done something right. <laughs> Because they've seen a culture in you that when they speak that, they realize that it feels countercultural. Believe me, when they're in the bar, they're not apologizing for their coarse, vulgar talk. But if they're around you and they're apologizing, especially if you're not a mom or a grandma, <laughs> then you've done something right. You've set a culture where the words feel countercultural. We want our children to be exceptional. And not only exceptional, we want them to live a life of purpose. If they're living a life without purpose, then they are slowly dying. Really, does it matter the way that we speak? Are you, are you inferring that if somebody is, says swear words, that it's actually killing them? I believe that it's actually a barometer of their heart because that's what the Bible says. Out of their heart, the mouth speaks. And so if they are speaking curses, then they're speaking death. I believe it's that important. We have to draw a line someplace and we can't just simply shrug our shoulders and say, Dr. Johnny, that just doesn't matter. Let's not dwell on the small stuff. But I believe that the words that we speak, the Bible is super clear. The power and the influence and the potency of the words that come out of our mouth are critically important to our society and our world. So don't tell me that the things that we say don't matter. It matters tremendously. And it's for the kingdom. So boundaries, parents. Let's place boundaries on the way the ch- our children speak. Let's model Appropriate language, language that edifies and builds up and strengthens. The Bible says, "That's what He's called us to do: to have purity of speech." We've just talked about sexual purity and purity in dating. I believe that the things that come out of our mouth are—it's are, in the same category. It's—it's—it's it's, it's being pure before the Spirit of God and His righteousness. It's critically important. So this is entitled Language Vulgaris. We don't want common language. We don't want ordinary language. We want exceptional language. The way that we speak elevates us and elevates our children above so that they sit in a position of authority and influence and that they stand before kings. Hopefully, this inspired you. If you have comments or questions on this topic or others, please go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org, or go to gofam.org and be happy to entertain any questions, comments, or future topics that you would love to see discussed. Love you so much. Thank you for tuning in again this week. Uh, I'm going to go hit the beaches now, soak up a little bit of sun, and I'll be back next week to share my heart further. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture.